got hot takes. Maybe that's what we should have named our podcast. What? Hot takes. Oh, okay. Um, Unless that's already taken. That's probably already taken. Yeah, I, I would guess so. You got first takes. <laughs> yeah, you got first takes. Then you got hot takes. Or the last takes. And then you get sports shenanigans. back to support shenanigans with mullet in houston uh we are here on a going up on a tuesday and uh week one of the nfl just concluded last night in rather crazy fashion um and we um are going to basically recap all of it and that's what we got. Um, not much else has happened other than that. Because um, why would anything else happen when football is on? Yeah. Um, some early headlines going into the week. Uh, the Ravens got in a little bit of trouble here. Um, Gus Edwards went down with an ACL. Marcus Peters went down with an ACL. Apparently the immediate play after Gus Edwards. Um, the, so J.K. Dobbins went down with an ACL a couple weeks ago. Now Gus Edwards is down with an ACL. Marcus Peters goes down with an ACL. Uh, Justice Hill uh, did his Achilles and is out. So that's their three running backs they had. Um, and then also Rashad Bateman is also her, who is their rookie receiver that they brought in to help in the passing mm-hmm. game. Um, so lots and lots of injuries, almost unlike anything ever seen before, um, for one team. Uh, and I think they might be getting investigated, um, or something. Cause there's questions as to like, what surface are they playing on? Like all the positions that are doing this, they're all in positions where they have to cut, um, mm-hmm. and, really dig into the ground and stuff. And so there's questions as to is the surface they're playing on making these injuries more likely? What's the training staff doing? What's the pre and post workout like? Um, But they just, all their running backs went down. Now their running back room consists of Latavius Murray. And uh, I forget, is it Tyshawn Williams? Something T Williams. Yeah, Tyron Williams, something like that. Um, Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman are on their practice squad, which just sounds weird to say because Bell, Freeman, and Murray are all former 1,000-yard rushers. (laughs) Um, And now two of them are on the practice squad and one of them uh, played in week one. But, um, but yeah, the Ravens just – 
lots and lots and lots of injuries, and they've lost a, a bunch of people for the year already. Yeah, it's frustrating for them because you know they consider themselves a you know Super Bowl contender, which honestly they kind of are. Well, were um, I don't know if I would put them there anymore, but they might still be. Um, and I've heard. Um, this is not me knowing any of this information because why would I have any connections with the NFL close connections at least. Um, but I listened to this podcast and they were talking about how, you know, when like one guy goes down, the focus is on that one guy. So therefore, I mean, they focus in on one instead of everybody else. So like when they go, back and like they need rehab and all that stuff like after regular practices they kind of get less because the other guys they're all worried about you know jk dobbins or they're worried about gus edwards and then granted the whole apparently gus edwards immediately happened was marcus peters that's just completely different but like they were talking about how you know sometimes when we see one injury to a team it kind of just leads into more and more and I was like, that kind of makes sense because they're, they are focused on just those guys who are the big injuries. And then they ignore like the, what you need every day rehab. So they probably do need, need to investigate the whole, what turf they're playing on. Cause it's probably is turf because everybody knows turf sucks. Um, and that's what causes a lot of injuries. Um, so that does suck. Um, the other headline, I think maybe the only, well, we got a couple. Okay. Uh, Steelers, TJ Watt, there was a lot of drama coming into if he would be able to play week one, they were still working out deals and whatnot. And, um, TJ Watt signed a four year, $112 million deal to make him the NFL's highest paid defensive player. Um, this is seven years after his brother had signed a deal to become the NFL's highest paid defensive player. Um, and allegedly what we're hearing from Adam Schefter is that TJ Watt was told by his agents to wait because they could get more money. And he walked into Art Rooney's office, told him they had a deal and announced that he was going to go work out. I completely think that happened. I mean, that just fits the entire Watt vibe of the Watt family. I mean, JJ Watt played for the Texans, who were a terrible organization for so long, and he's just loyal to the team. Granted, now he is, I mean, he's moved on, but I mean, who wouldn't want to move on from that team at this point? Um, so, I mean, I don't think there was a chance TJ Watt did not play week one this week. I don't think he cared about, I mean, I think he cares about being paid, obviously, because we all want to be paid money. But I think he'd have played week one no matter what. Um, Naheem Hines was also signed to a three-year, $18.5 million extension for the Colts. Um I was talking with Ben about this last night and 
Sounds like what that means is that Marlon Mack, this is his last year in Indianapolis. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think Marlon Mack knew that basically last year. And when they were like, hey, you know, we would like you to come back, he was like, oh, heck yeah, I'd love to come back. Um, I think that Marlon Mack's, like, lead back, um, major contributor to a team is kind of over. Um, because of that injury he had, but I could be wrong. Um, but if anybody, I mean, he could, I would sign him to just about any team as a backup running back because he brings experience. He brings a good dude. I mean, I just think with the Colts, if, if they're going Taylor and Hines, I think Mac is too good to be a third back. That's fair. Um, I, and I, I kind of agree. I mean, he is a very good back. So three I, is not his position. Two is. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I was surprised. Sorry. I was surprised that he didn't play at all week one in the Colts wow. game. It was just Taylor and Hines. Hmm. That's saddening. I do. I like Marlon Mack. Yeah. No, I think, I think he's great. I, I was excited to see what they did. Cause I think he came back on a one year, 2 million deal. I think largely cause he, you know, tore at ACL or whatever last year. And so the market was wasn't huge. Um, and, uh, and I was excited to see the Taylor Mac Hines kind mm-hmm. of rotation, um, three headed monster, but it seems like they're sticking with a two headed monster thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have Fluffy in the backfield, um, but instead we have Zach and Wheezy from Dragon Tales. <laughs> <laughs> oh, references. Um, <laughs> apparently, the Texans are out of their mind because they wanted a combination of six players and draft picks for Watson this summer. Uh, I okay. Um, maybe if he wasn't on trial, <laughs> well, maybe if he didn't have 20, I think it's 22 sexual assault charges against him. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like, I, totally... yeah, if, if, if he had as if he has a clean record and he, you're just looking to trade Deshaun Watson, the player, yeah, yeah, sure, but that makes sense, but. <laughs> At this point, you'd be lucky to get a player. Yeah. <laughs> like, let alone a seventh-round draft pick. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. No, I think there are some teams that would take a chance, but they're not going to put together six, you know, first-rounders. <laughs> yeah, a combination of the six. Now they won't do it. Because that's, that's betting your future, and which is why I am very, very confident – that no matter how many times people report rumors of Miami being interested in Sean Watson, based on what I have seen in this last two years, that ain't happening. Because <laughs> we traded Tunsil for like five first-round draft picks somehow. Don't know how. <laughs> and then we've turned those picks into the lungs, first round picks. Did you and see I, his lungs on draft day? I was freaking ecstatic on draft day that year. <laughs> Granted, it's an offensive lineman. You don't normally get excited about that. 
but I was. <laughs> um, so like they did that. They've traded basically junk picks to like for chances for the future. Like Miami won't do that. I don't know who's the, who would even in the right. Like I don't even have a team that could think about it. Yeah, maybe Washington. No, I don't even. They, they, are you kidding with their cult? I mean, maybe if they hadn't just gotten busted. <laughs> There's a reason, though. I said Washington. <laughs> they don't need any more bad press. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah, that's that's nuts. That's way too much. Um. So going into the games from week one, um. Let's start just a second. I've got a counter offer in fantasy. We'll take a look at I got I have one rejection. Straight up rejected. (laughs) He's had many of those tonight. Oh, that's not happening. Nope. Can we know who this trade is to? (laughs) I offered Michael Pittman for Ezekiel Elliott. And the counter is Ezekiel Elliott for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. No. So I am going to send back Ezekiel Elliott for Jared Cook. <laughs> <laughs> and get rejected. You might get a counter offer. It might be Kelsey <laughs> again, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other one got straight up rejected. The That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, start on Thursday night. You had the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, and everyone and their mother knew that the Buccaneers were going to roll over these weak Dallas Cowboys and counteroffer. And uh, the Cowboys almost won this game. What I mean, what did you make of the outcome here, Casey? So there was a lot of things to take from this game. Um, you had Gronkowski rejuvenate his prime and go nuts. Um, you had Amari Cooper go nuts. You had CeeDee Lamb. Obviously, just about everybody on the Cowboys wide receiver core went nuts. Uh, Zeke did nothing other than was a behemoth in the uh, blocking of linebackers. Um, And then Tom Brady looked like the Tom Brady who was in the Super Bowl, um, continuing just to sling it. I mean, both these offenses are high-powered offenses. The only difference was the Bucs have a defense that is probably top defense. Top one, two, three defense. And the Cowboys have, like, probably one of the worst defenses. Um, so, I figured it'd be high scoring because the Cowboys would have to throw the ball. And when you have, like, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, um, and Michael Gallup, I mean, you have very, very good wide receivers. So, I figured they put up some points. Um what surprised me was for the beginning of the game is that the Cowboys defense actually looked pretty competent 
and kind of held everybody in check. Um, I think the main thing I noticed and why I think every team from here out playing the Buccaneers needs to take note of is the fact that they didn't let the front – do they play three or four? Whichever they play in the front, they didn't let them beat them, basically. So they got the ball out quicker, and they – The defensive line, you mean? Yeah, the defensive line. Couldn't remember yeah. what they played, three or four guys. But um, basically, yeah. they didn't let them beat them because those that three or four, they are very good. Yeah. And so – I think they, they do. The I think they do quick. three. I think they do three down linemen, and then they have Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett off the edge. Yeah, that's probably what it is. At line, so back. I mean, they're they're very good. I think that's what I took away the most is that everybody in the league needs to look at that and go, "Hey, that's going to be our best chance to beat them on defense." Um. So this this kind of pains me to say. I said it on run up the score last night. I uh, I've been very vocal, and I think we both have to an extent. Um, and I, and I have to change my take on a player. Um, oh, I know a player you're talking about, I think. Named Dak Prescott. Yeah, I figured that's who it was. We both have been very vocal about him. Yeah. Um, I have always said I get the leadership aspect of Dak. I think that's been very apparent. The the whole guy who can serve as the face of a franchise. Um, I've always said his play is pretty mediocre. Um and I, I want to say, also to qualify this, uh, I want to say I was correct for the first two years of his career, two or three. But in the past, this past year before he got hurt, and in this game, this might have been the best game he's ever played. And I think he is easily a top 10 quarterback right now in the league. And um, I think, I think when he was a rookie, he needed to, he needed development and that team was successful because it was go through Zeke and Dak manages. Now, Zeke has steadily gone down Every single year it went from, I think I heard it today. Um, his average yards per game, I think his rookie year, it was like 108. It went down to like 95. It went down to like 85. It went down to like 68. And like this past game, he had 33. <laughs> like he has been on a decline his whole career. I think Dak has elevated and Zeke has uh, descended. And so now that team runs through Dak. And if that team has Dak, I think they have a very good shot at winning their division um, and, and getting a home playoff game. Uh, if Dak goes down, they're screwed. And that'll be like what we saw last year. Um, oh, yeah. But I just know 
We've been very vocal on this show that Dak wasn't worth the contract. Dak's not worth the money. Dak's not worth tying it all up. Dak is showing that he is worth the money because that team is nothing without him. And, and, and to be fair, in his rookie and second year, you could easily make the argument that you could put a lot of people in his spot and they would have done just as well. Mm-hmm. But now that team is completely relying upon him. And I did not see that becoming a – I did not see – the development is, is uh, noticeable in Dak. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, think last year, the beginning of last year is when I really went. Dak is probably top, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Um, it didn't really pain me to say it because I was like, he had steadily improved, which, I mean, if you're going to be a quarterback and you're going to become one of the top ones, that kind of has to happen. You have to improve. I think it could happen with – Burrow, I mean, I was going to say it could happen with Mayfield, but I think he's at his peak. Um, But, like, you got your quarterbacks coming in. As long as they keep progressing, you know, they can become that, the deck. Um, And when Dak first went down last year, I I was still on the board of, you put any quarterback in there that's competent, which granted, I don't know how competent everybody thinks Andy, Andy Dalton is at this point. Um, <laughs> you, you would still have a very high-powered, very good offense. But we saw, obviously, last year without Dak, how – I mean, they weren't terrible of an offense, but they were nowhere near a high-powered, like, crazy good offense. So – I think that was my coming to um, realization that Dak is a good quarterback. I don't necessarily want him on my team (laughs) because I don't think that's what I want as my quarterback. I wouldn't be all that mad, actually, but I still don't. That was not my top pick for my quarterback. Um, but yeah, he's good. I'll give it to him. <laughs> Jets still suck though. And I'm going to stand by that. Even if they're the best team in the league, they suck. Yeah. Jets will never be good. Um, <laughs> I just want to stand by that. Make sure everybody knows I stand behind that. I will not change. Yeah. Um, Okay. The did you have an Amari Cooper take? I did have an Amari Cooper take actually. So to begin this year, I'm a big CD Lamb fan this year. I took him in fantasy. I expect big things from him. Now, after watching the Cowboys game, I'm still very much on the CD Lamb train of being very happy with him. And as my fantasy uh, wide receiver. However, I believe as long as Mari Cooper stays healthy, I think Mari Cooper leads the league in receiving this year. Really? That is my take. 
Mari Cooper finally puts it all together, stays consistent, because that's his big thing is he's not been necessarily consistent. Because um, he'll have like these big monster games, and the next week he'll have like 20 yards. I think he finally puts it all together. Dak stays healthy, and they just absolutely chuck the ball. And I think CeeDee Lamb also will be, I don't, he won't be as close, but I think he also is a thousand yard plus receiver as well. I could see them both going over a thousand. I'm not sold on Amari leading league though um and that's what it's a hot take man and that's i i think based on watching just watching him cut and like he created some very good separation and like it just looked unreal against tampa was also limited at corner this is true but i still stand behind my take (laughs) I um I think Amari's gonna have if if I think he'll be up there. I think he'll have some stiff competition from uh the first player that came to mind was Hopkins in Arizona. This is true. Um and Tyreke. I have Hopkins on my fantasy team as well. Yeah. Uh and uh Tyreek, I think he'll have if I mean, put it this way: the Browns were not short at corner, and Tyreek tore them up, yeah, for near two hundred yards. Um, and I mean, let's be honest: Chiefs are gonna throw. Um, if they're if true. the Chiefs are ahead, they're still throwing. Um, so yeah, I would say Hopkins, Tyreek. Um, I'm trying to think just off the top of my head because I wasn't thinking about that conversation. But um, you can roll around at the end of the episode to give your your thing if you want, because we'll go through all of the teams. Yeah, just to to look. Yeah, okay. I'll give you some time. Those are the first two that hop into my head, though. That I think I think would give them a run. Yeah, I I don't. I I will say, I think last year it was Stephon Diggs. Right? Yep. Uh, I don't think it'll be him. I don't think it will be either. Um, so We'll get to takes on that here in a little bit. Yeah. So moving <laughs> into Sunday, we're just going to get it over with. Um, the Seahawks and the Colts played in, in Lucas Oil. The Seahawks won 28 to 16. Um, Bo feels completely validated in all criticisms of how the Colts run their organization. The entire offseason, Bo said, our secondary sucks and we're not doing anything. Our secondary is not good and we're not doing anything. Uh, Why did we bring in the same guys that got burnt last year? Why aren't we signing anyone new? And everyone told me, Trust Chris Ballard. You're overreacting. You're making too much out of nothing. Oh, well, Russell Wilson said, why didn't those guys sign anybody different? Because I'm just going to throw it wherever I want to. He (laughs) and Tyler Lockett made it look like we don't have secondary defenders. Um, 
I'd say I'll say it and I'll say it again. Kenny Moore is a good corner and he plays nickel. Blackman, I think, is a solid safety. And outside of that, there is nobody in that secondary. Xavier Rhodes was hurt. Uh, that makes me feel not that much better because he got burnt all of camp by every receiver on our team. Um, <laughs> Quiddy, I will say my take here. Sorry, I, I start with Quiddy. Kari Willis, I think I would rather see him play a kind of flex linebacker position situationally as opposed to just safety. Cause I think he would be great having secondary speed and kind of a stockier build. If he was matched up on tight ends and sitting on blitzes and stuff like that and played a little closer to the line, but that guy looks like he doesn't know how to play pass coverage from the safety position. Um, and so I would like to see that adjustment. Uh, Rocky scene is by all accounts, a bust at this point. Um, TJ care. I mean, we just got absolutely demo- uh, Russell Wilson threw for four touchdowns, absolutely demolished. We weren't able to get any pressure on him. Uh, Buckner got to him, I think once and uh, Quiddy pay, I think got to him once. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily blame, you know, I'm like, I don't think we should have gotten a bunch of sacks on Russell Wilson. Our defensive line is very young and Russell Wilson is probably one of the toughest guys to bring down in the whole league, but we weren't able to get any pressure on him. And then he just carved it up. I mean, we just didn't 70 yard bombs to Tyler Lockett and there's no one there to stop it. And, uh, the whole design of the Colts defense is to not give up big plays. Um, not to mention the fact that our offensive line, who I thought would look bad on the left side due to Davenport playing left tackle, but just looked bad as a whole, which is unfortunate because four of the starters are there. Um, I mean, it looked very similar to reasons why Carson Wentz had to leave Philadelphia. He had to leave Philadelphia because he was getting sacked too much. Um, Uh And it looked very reminiscent of all the problems that he had in Philadelphia instead of coming to a team that's supposed to have a top five offensive line that he can just sit back and throw behind. Um, I just, it, I, I just, I just feel completely validated. And, you know, I think what would have really helped um, offensively, especially when we fell behind and kind of had to abandon the running game, even though, I mean, we weren't super effective. Their defensive line just tore up the offensive line. Um, but having someone like Julio Jones might have helped um, in that in that situ- in situation. Um, oh, one more thing before I forget. Um, can someone please tell Frank Reich that if he kicks a field goal, he gets three points? Because I don't think he knows that. He went for it mid – it was 21 to 10. He went for it mid-third quarter – on fourth down and Carson Wentz fumbled the snap and they didn't get it. So now it's still 21, 10 come back down. It's 21, 10 in the fourth. Uh, he decides to go for it again. 
and it's still 21 10 because we don't get it. And then it's 28 10 and we get a touchdown. So, you know, you go from making it a one possession game, not doing it. Like if you kick both field goals, it's a one possession game after the touchdown. I'm just frank and throw in the fact that on the first drive, they're at the two yard line and Frank kicks a field goal. Like, are you gone? Are you the go for it guy? Or are you not? I'm confused. Um, so I just overall very frustrated with the Colts first performance. Uh, can't say I'm surprised. I was anticipating a loss and, uh, throw in the fact that, uh, um, Throw in the fact that we haven't won a season opener in eight years. So yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little irked and I am complete I feel completely validated uh in my assessment. I think you. Uh, I think you should, Bo. Still validated. Um, I agreed. I think you didn't do nothing, and I mean, I thought it was funny, but that's because we play you this year, and I hope that's a win. Uh, um, your defense is your secondary is rough. Uh, that's the understatement. Um, need to get better. Don't know how you're going to get better. You can get burnt a ton. Uh, I think the thing I took the most from the Colts game on the Colts side is that um, can't blame Carson Wentz. He's not the reason you lost. Uh, Carson Wentz looked fairly good. So, while I'm not fully convinced he is still franchise quarterback material, I do think he is bridge material and a, a fairly competent quarterback still. Um, so that's good for you. That's nice. And I think that's really all I've got that's nice about uh, everything for you. Oh, Casey. As your wide receivers, no one really took a leap. To be great, Pascal is still Pascal. I mean, he's stayed consistent. Uh, Pittman didn't do crap. Uh, Paris Campbell, I believe, did didn't didn't do crap. And then I don't really know what else happened. He just looked rough. It looked rough. Yeah, it did. <laughs> We got for you there. Can't console you, though. Just a second. Sorry, I am messaging Matt Ellis because he's delusional. Because he has put Jalen Hurts on the trading block. No. Because he sent me a he sent me a trade offer right before he did that, and it and it was uh, Chase Claypool and Will Fuller for Travis Kelsey. Oh, 
And so I sent him back Jared Cook and Michael Pittman for Keenan Allen with the message, Kelsey's not on available. <laughs> He's- yeah, I wouldn't make my first-round pick available either, especially if I had a good first-round pick. Travis Kelsey, I, I will – there is literally – just for the audience to know, there is literally in fantasy football zero players I would trade Kel- Travis Kelsey for. <laughs> Interesting. No receivers, no running backs, no quarterbacks. I am keeping Travis Kelsey. And if he gets hurt, so be it. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I, I get it. Okay. Next game. Seahawks look good. That's all we need they to say. That's really all we need to say. Um, here was maybe a little bit of surprise. The Jaguars played the Texans, and the Texans were just romped them up the whole game, ended up winning 37-21. Um, I didn't even know the Texans were capable of putting up 37 points. Um, I mean – I don't have too much specifics. I know Trevor Lawrence threw three interceptions. Um, that ain't gonna help. But I mean, what do you make? Are the Texans better than we thought, or the Jaguars worse than we thought? Or so the it's a little bit of both there. The Texans are better than everyone has been thinking slash saying because Tyrod Taylor has led the Bills before Bills got Josh Allen. He led them to the playoffs. He is a competent quarterback. I would be very happy to have him on my team as a backup quarterback. And then Brandon Cooks is probably, I'm willing to say, one of the most underrated players in NFL history. I think it's because he got hurt so much, though. Exactly. He is one of the – I mean, he is a very good, very good wide receiver. He just has never, I mean, had an absolutely crazy season because usually he gets, like I said, hurt. So, I mean, they have a good wide receiver. Quarterbacks is competent. Their running back situation is, I mean – it's muddled. You don't know what's going to happen. But, I mean, you have Mark Ingram, who's usually always pretty solid. You have, I mean, David Johnson, who we all – he's a little washed up. But, I mean, he's still capable of playing. And you got Philip Lindsay, who I think eventually probably will take over that backfield. And it's not a bad offense. The defense, on the other hand, is not as good. And I think Jacksonville – I mean, you're going to go through growing pains with a rookie quarterback, even if it's Trevor Lawrence. Um, Their offensive line isn't – it wasn't Clemson. Um, His weapons, they're good weapons, but they're not um, what he's used to having. Um, His main – wide receiver and DJ Chark missed most of the preseason. So he didn't really build a connection with him. Uh, they lost one of their running backs. They didn't establish a running game. I think they're in most of the game. So like I said, it's a combination of both, but the Texans aren't nearly as bad 
as we say. I do think this is probably one of the few games that they do win, though. Yeah. I think Peyton Manning's probably rooting for Trevor Lawrence to keep up the pace so that he breaks his rookie interception record. He works for that for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Jaguars have to be worse than I thought they were. I thought they'd at least get five or six wins just based on the Trevor Lawrence factor. But it seems like the rest of that team is pretty bad. Um, and I didn't think the Texans would go 0 and 17, but I wasn't going to pick them to beat anybody. Um, the <laughs> um the next game this one was a shocker um i really enjoyed enjoyed which he got me back later but i enjoyed rubbing this one in ben's face because he said his one of his favorite picks of the week was atlanta minus three and a half and they lost to the eagles 32 to six um which i said Ben, I think the Eagles are better than you think they are, and I think the Falcons are worse than you think they are. And am I right or what? I think I think the Falcons, I got them at like five wins this season. Um, and I got the They're Eagles. They're drafting a quarterback. And I think I have the Eagles right around there too. Um, but I will say I was surprised that the Eagles put up 32 and just completely blew them out. And lots of talk about the Tennessee, you know, offensive coordinator. Tennessee lost their offensive coordinator. Well, he became the Falcons head coach, and he put up six points on the Eagles. So, <laughs> to be fair, he no longer has Derrick Henry, which was his entire game plan when he was in Tennessee. <laughs> um, yes, the Falcons are a lot worse than everybody says they are. Um, they are definitely – one of those teams I would say is competing for, you know, a top five draft pick um, and looking to draft for the future. Um, their defense has been bad for years and they've not really ever brought anybody in that has been anything special. And then losing Julio Jones, that hurts no matter what age Julio Jones is because he could be 40 years old and everybody's still going to go, that's Julio Jones. We have to cover him. And your mind's always on where's Julio Jones. Well, Calvin Ridley, I think is a very good wide receiver and he will step into the number one wide receiver role pretty smoothly. I just think, um, uh, it just won't be the same. Um, Steelers bills. This one may have surprised some people. I wasn't surprised, but the Steelers won 23 to 16. I might've been surprised at how low the score was, but other than that, um, well, no, I thought it could be a low scoring game. They're two good defenses. Um, and I, I kept in mind that this Steelers team is not the Steelers team from the end of last year, but it is a what? Oh, my bad. 
I thought but, uh, Drew commented. Did Drew comment to you or to me? Um, maybe just to you, but I just got two trade requests, and I'm assuming they're both for Kelsey. <laughs> I was like, I got a message that said sending you a trade. So I don't know if it was to you or it's just to me. Yeah, John just offered me a trade, uh, Cole Komet for Travis Kelsey. So we're going to turn that one down. And I might send you a trade here in a second that might be intriguing. Drew sent me a trade, but he might have canceled it because I don't see it. Yeah, he might have. But... Yeah. Oh, Drew sent. Now, yeah, he sent. Uh, he sent that message to the entire league chat. Yep. Okay. So he he didn't send me a trade, but I got Drew sending you a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and took it as he's sending me a trade. Okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, that out later. Steelers Bills. So Steelers win. I I. So what I was saying was I had to remember that the Steelers are the team from the beginning of last year, not the end of last year. Um, right now, Ben isn't tired. Um, the, the, the defense, they're all healthy. Like, um, so uh, it was a good thing they got TJ Watt's situation figured out because he made a bunch of good plays in that game. Um, Josh Allen did not look good. Um, my hot take now is I think the Bills take a step back. I still – now, to clarify – I still think they're going to be a very high seed with a very good record. <laughs> Austin. Um, the the <laughs> I still think they're going to, they might still be the two see I think they'll be behind Kansas City, but I think they they'll yeah. be the two seed, maybe the three seed. Um and be very, very good, but I think they're going to be further away from Kansas City than they were last year, and they got smoked by them last year. Um, and I don't I don't trust the Steelers throughout the whole year. So, no. But some people were surprised that the Steelers were able to get the upset on the road. Yeah. Um, I did expect the Bills to win this, but that's just because I think the Bills are a better team, and I think the Steelers, their offensive line is not the greatest. I don't stand behind Chase Claypool at all. I think Chase Claypool is not a top 50 wide receiver. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of him. Um, Juju has taken like four steps backwards. I think it'd be best Juju left, went somewhere else, and tried to become a good wide receiver again. Um, Najee Harris is a good running back. Uh, he just has a terrible offensive line, so that's not going to help him. Um, so that's why I was surprised Bills lost. Um, and I, I completely agree that the Bills will take a step backwards. And I think the reason they'll take the step backwards is because Josh Allen is going to go backwards because he's already proven this in week one. He's a lot less accurate downfield um that was his biggest knock coming into the league and it showed this last week uh that he is not as 
accurate as he was last year. Sorry if you heard that. That's me pouring in macaroni and cheese. Um, <laughs> but he is he's not an accurate quarterback. Not at all. So last year with uh, Diggs leading the league and all, that was awesome for him. But I don't think that'll probably ever happen again. Yeah. I mean, Allen was fumbling. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, this one, our thoughts and prayers go out to a lot of people involved in this game. The 49ers and the Lions. The Niners won 41-33. However, it was 38-10, and anyone who got this line at eight and a half has or more has to just be crushed (laughs) because there was no reason for the lions to make it as close as they did (laughs) now big storyline out of this one raheem mostert went down again already with a knee injury and uh and it was just announced today he was expected to miss eight weeks but now it just sounds today that he's gonna have season-ending surgery so Raheem Moster is out for the 49ers, which assumedly you move in Trey Sermon and probably Elijah Mitchell now because he came in and went for over 100 yards in that game. Um, granted, Lions. But the um, it was a dominant, overall dominant performance by the 49ers, regardless of how close the score ended up being. Uh, yeah. I mean, 49ers doing 49ers things, running the ball on everybody. Um, I, I think, um, George Kittle still is great tight end. I love George Kittle. I wish George Kittle was on my team. I wish George Kittle was on every team. So I think he's awesome. Uh, however, I think he has... Unfortunately, he's gonna. I think he's entering that like Mark Andrews territory, uh, where he is definitely a top tight end in the league. But it's like you, you obviously know he's not the greatest, because um, I firmly believe Kelsey and Waller now have overtaken that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy G should probably be scared. Uh, they already put. Trey Lance in the game once or for a little bit. I don't know how long he was in the game. It was weird. But uh, um, he's going to be out of the job within the year. Guarantee it. And I don't know where he's going to go. I don't think he'll go anywhere. I think he needs to just accept he's going to be the backup. Um, think that's oh and then the lions who the lions i don't know how people are lions fans um i think those are the people who got like those kinks and stuff and they like like pain (laughs) (laughs) we'll say if you are a true lions fan mad respect I, did, I remember my uh, freshman year of college, there was a speaker and he asked, 
if you could do something over again, what would it be? And from the front row, I believe it was Connor Williamson shouted. No, it wasn't. It was Derek Williams. I'm sorry. Derek Williams shouted, I wouldn't be a Lions fan. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> it really does. Um, the real question is why do we get Packers lions for Monday night football next week? And why do we get lions every Thanksgiving day? That's my question. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but we're going to watch. Oh yeah. We're going to watch. Um, we're going to eat Turkey and fall asleep. Um, We had our first overtime game, and that went to the Vikings and the Bengals. The Bengals were up for the majority of this game. The Vikings made a comeback to send it to overtime, and the Bengals won in overtime, 27-24. I think the – I don't think Minnesota is worse than we think they are. I think the Bengals are better than most people think they are. I I think I had I think I have the Bengals getting nine or ten wins this year. I could see it. Um, I, the Vikings are the same Vikings as last year. Um, Justin Jefferson is going to get a lot of targets, so if you have him on any of your team fantasy teams, Adam Thielen you. blew up yesterday too. Adam Thielen blew, Thielen blew up because outside of those two guys, I really don't know who you're going to throw the ball to. Dalvin Cook. Um, I, like I said, you don't know who you're going to throw the ball to because he'll get like five outside of that. You still have like another 40 plays. Um, but Cincinnati is going to be much better than people expect because everybody over the offseason says they didn't do anything for the O-line. They didn't do anything for the O-line. What everybody forgets is they just they got a guy back from that they drafted the year before Joe Burrow who's a first-round pick. I don't know if he's doing great. I just know he's a first-round pick, so you assume he's going to be at least decent. <laughs> and they did make additions to the O-line, which meant they got better on the O-line because that O-line was horrible last year. It so, can't get worse. Exactly. So they're already better in that category. And I know it was a big, huge debate about Panay Sewell and Jamar Chase and who to take. I'm not going to lie. I think I would have agreed with Joe Burrow and I would have taken Jamar Chase as well because that chemistry is already there. And as you know, we'll talk about Miami here in a bit. Everybody who had the connection quarterback to a receiver, they all did good. They all scored touchdowns this week. Um, so I think we'll probably see a trend here in the future of people drafting. If they draft a quarterback next year, if they have a star wide receiver, they'll probably key in and maybe draft it. Um, and yeah, Jamar Chase is really freaking good. It's going to be an amazing football player. I, I will say I was, I was starting to question it when I saw a quote from him. <laughs> yes. About, it was a bad quote. About how he can't see the NFL ball as well because there's no lines on the end. I mean, he does have a point. You no, just don't uh, say that. Not a great one if you're a fifth overall pick. <laughs> and that your job true. is catching footballs. <laughs> yeah. 
I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't concerned at all because I mean, I knew it would probably take a little bit for him to get back into action because I mean, he did take last year off and didn't play, but I mean, he was so freaking good those years where he, when he played with Joe Burrow. So like, I knew he was going to be good. It was just a matter of at what point was he going to be good? I kind of hope he wish he would have not done so great this week because I was totally going to trade for it. <laughs> I probably can't do that anymore. Yeah. But it would have been nice. Um, Jets and Panthers. The Panthers won 19 to 14. Um, the Sam Darnold looked good at some spots, not great in others. The Jets suck. Um, McCaffrey did well. He helped me hit a parlay because I said for sure McCaffrey's going to have more than 40 receiving yards, and he had that by the second quarter. Um, uh, yeah, I don't have too much on this. I think the Panthers will be better with Darnold uh, this year, but uh, it still seems like their defense is – Got some work to do. Um, yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold basically showed that the Jets are terrible. Um, and that he looks like an at least okay quarterback. Um, was he worth the pick he was? I don't know. We'll find out later if he continues to improve. Um, but it, I mean, there's not a bunch to say about this game other than the Jets are terrible. Yeah. Um, here might have been a surprise. The Cardinals went to Tennessee and lit them up 38-13. Titans were never in this game. Um, so not the way they wanted to start. Kyler Murray looks like he might be MVP of the league. Um Yeah, I mean, the, I – so, similarly, going in this week, I, I was higher on the Cardinals than I think some people, specifically Ben. Um, and I'm, I think I'm a little – I'm not – I'm probably average as far as Titans hype. Like, Ben's low on the Titans. I'm not high on the Titans, but I do think they'll be de- – they're a good team. Um. But I was surprised this one, I mean, 38-13, Titans never in it. I was expecting a little more competition out of the Tennessee in this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely expected more out of Tennessee. Um but then again, when you have um, 
Chandler Jones sack your quarterback five times by himself. That's true. Chandler Jones had five sacks in the game. He's on pace to have 80. 184. Yeah. <laughs> He's on pace to have a lot 22. of <laughs> yeah. So it is unreal what he is. He did that game. So you got to take some of that into effect, Cal. Um, but even with that, I still expected more out of him. Do you think? Do you think that that record is in play now? If since Chandler Jones has sixteen more games, yeah, um, I mean he's he's pretty much a quarter of the way there now. <laughs> yes, I think that record is very much in play. Um, I thought, it, to be real, I think it was in play in general now because they yeah. added a game. Yeah, um, I, th- I I think uh, I thought. Uh, Miles Garrett would probably have a good chance at getting there. Yeah. Um, I think that even in just the regular 16 games or whatever it is, like the regular season, he would have a chance at it now because if you start a game with five sacks, I mean, you've got a pretty good start. I mean, if you get one – or two the next couple games. I mean, you're going to look real good. He's got to get at least one a game and get, like, two and two of them. (laughs) So, like, it is a very good possibility it happens. Um, So, I definitely – I mean, I I totally think it's in play. Um, Browns, Chiefs. The – Chiefs were down most of this game. Um, the Browns went up 29 to 20. And then the Chiefs hit a one play 75 yarder to make it 29 27. And then the punter fumbled the punt or the snap. And, uh, and so then the Chiefs went up 33 29. And then Baker threw an interception on the last drive. And that was it. I will say there was no point in that game where I thought the Chiefs were going to lose. Like, they they weren't putting up the points, but Mahomes just makes it look so easy. (laughs) There was no point where I thought, well, they don't have a chance. (laughs) I think that I will never count them out because of what they did to the Texans Mm -hmm. last year. I'll never count them out again. So, yeah, they're 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 good. Uh, they're a passing team. They're not a running team. Um, and the Browns are a running team. Yes, they are. They're a very good running team. Yeah, I did think. I I think that is Browns and Bills are as so like. Uh, So, like, Ben says, I think he said his pick, like, he says the Rams will be able to beat Tampa Bay to go to the Super Bowl or or come out of the NFC. And I said, I'm pretty low on Tampa Bay. Uh, I would say 
I give like seven teams a chance to beat them out of the NFC. I would put the Packers in there. I would put um, anyone in the NFC West. So Cardinals, Niners, Seahawks, and uh, Rams, I say all could beat Tampa Bay. After this week, I'm going to say the Cowboys can beat Tampa Bay. Um, and they tried, and and so I, I, so I, there's a lot of teams in the NFC, is what I'm saying. In the AFC, I don't see anybody even challenging the Chiefs, um, because of how explosive their offense is, and their defense, I think, is underrated because of how good their offense is. Um, if they stay healthy, like the Browns and the Bills are as close as you get, I think, in the AFC to teams that can challenge Kansas City. And I don't think they're close. I, I mean, I think the scores might be close, but I don't think that they have a realistic shot. No, I agree. The Chiefs are the team to beat um yeah um i got there <laughs> i think i'm missing a game on this list which is weird. But I believe it is the Chargers and Washington game. And the Chargers won 20 to 16 against Washington. The big story out of that is Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be out, I think, six to eight weeks, four to six weeks, six to eight weeks with a hip injury. So Taylor Heineke came in and was playing quarterback for Washington. Um, I think the Washington defense is very good. I'm not sure how well the offense will do. Uh, granted, Taylor Heineke played well in a playoff game, but, um, True. but I'll be interested in what they do with him, knowing he's like he's got kind of the starting gig for a while. Yeah. Maybe they bring in Cam. <laughs> um more than not. <laughs> Uh, the Dolphins and the Patriots played, and I hopped on this one real quick and glad I did. The Dolphins won 17 to 16. Um, so hard fought win, but it was in Foxborough, and I think I forget however long it was, but it went back a while that whoever the home team was in that matchup won. <laughs> so maybe Dolphins might sweep New England this year, given that they were able to get the one in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there wasn't a lot to get excited with this game because, like, 17-16, not a high-scoring game. But there's a lot to get excited about because the Patriots lost. <laughs> um, and it showed that Mac Jones isn't – as good as a lot of people are starting to say, because he doesn't have four first round picks. 
as his uh, wide receivers. Um, so that was nice to see. Should probably ask Drew how he feels about it. He probably doesn't care. He probably really doesn't care. Um, but I was excited as a as all I, Patriots fans. Let's just get that straight. Like Patriots fans are Patriots fans because they were winning, and now they're not winning, and now they don't care. Yeah. So, as a Miami fan, though, it was kind of nice to see. I mean, Tua played fairly well. I mean, he didn't do anything overly terrible. And then Jalen Waddle caught a touchdown. He looked very fast. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm happy <laughs> with how everything's going. Um, the Broncos and the Giants got together. Um, and they... Let's see, Denver won 27-13. I think Denver, I think, will be decent. I think I have them at like six or seven wins or something like that. I don't know what to make of the Giants, but apparently their offense did not look good at all. Granted, Broncos have a good defense. Um, The story out of there is that Jerry Judy is going to be missing four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain in Denver, so that may affect some of their offensive ability. Um, but their defense is very good. Um, and they have probably maybe the best secondary right now. Um, with Kyle Fuller and Patrick Sertain and uh oh, who's their safety? I just lost his name. Darby. No, no, that's a corner. Um Simmons. Yeah, I think so. Like Isaiah Simmons, is that I was no Simmons. Yeah. Justin Simmons? I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Justin Simmons? Okay. He's very good. Highest paid safety in the league. Um, and we don't know his name. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, and the same thing happened a couple of years ago with Kevin Byard in Tennessee. I was like, who's that guy? Why is he highest paid in the league? Um, <laughs> here was the shock of the weekend. Here's where Ben got me back. Because I took – I was like, easy money. Packers minus three uh, and Packers scored three um, and the Saints scored 38. Um, Jameis Winston was a slinging it. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, there's not much to talk. I haven't listened yet. Today is uh, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday on Pat McAfee's show, and so it's a highly anticipated interview with Aaron Rodgers post this game. Um, oh, here comes the rain here. Um, but yeah, I don't. Not much else about this game. No one really did anything for the Packers, and everybody did everything for the Saints. Yeah. Um, is it hailing? Hey, I, it was up here, so <laughs> glad you're getting some of that now. Um, a lot of people are saying Rodgers is done. He doesn't even want to play there. Um, I think that's a load of horse crap. I think he does want to play. He just – I mean, this is the first year he is not – 
like attended any of the optional practices, been at camp, any of that kind of stuff. He stayed away for a long time. Um, did he get married? He got married. No. I think he's, he got engaged. He got engaged. I knew that much. I didn't know if he got married. But, like, there are some outside stuff that man, he might be thinking about. Because, I mean, marriage is a big thing. Doesn't matter who you are. That's a big thing. So. Did you hear that? Yeah. Holy crap. It like flashed in my house and then made it sound like it crashed into my house. <laughs> wow. Good thing I cut the grass this app this evening <laughs> before. Had a boy. Had <laughs> a boy. Um Bears and Rams. This score. I think is more lopsided than the game was. It was 34-14. Rams win. And I didn't think the Bears looked that bad. (laughs) I mean, they had a couple long nine, ten-minute drives. They ran the ball very well. Um, Dalton had a tipped pass that went for an interception and he had a fumble. So, you know, Justin Fields noise is going to get pretty loud in Chicago, especially considering uh, he came in for a play and scored a touchdown. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, the Bears. I, I feel like the Bears controlled the ball and controlled the clock and the Rams just had these one strike big plays all night long. Yeah. Um, Bears be much better with Justin Fields. That's just it's straight up. Just how it is. That's how it is. I talked to some dudes from Chicago and they just want Justin Fields playing. They don't want Andy Dalton. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny how badly they want him to play, which I would too if I had him on my team. Um, and I was in their situation. Um And I think the Rams, I mean, like like you said, the one shot all night long, I think that's going to be the all year. They're not necessarily going to always have the ball. Mm. But it's a, you know, any play can go the distance. (laughs) Because Stafford is a good quarterback. It doesn't, I mean, he set, I think he set passing records at one time with Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. So like, obviously he can throw the ball. Granted, yeah. Calvin Johnson just has to go up and get it, but he had to throw the ball a lot. Um, so he is a, he changed that team quite a bit. Um, I was, I, I thought Stafford would look good. I didn't, I wasn't anticipating that good. Um, they had him though. Yeah. Uh, and then Raiders Ravens Monday Night Football. First of all, um, I know I didn't get all the injuries in here. Um, but Marshawn Lattimore, I think he he's having surgery on his thumb or something. Uh, but he also signed a five year, hundred million dollar extension with the Saints. Um, what did he do it before he got hurt? 
Makai Becton is going to miss several weeks with a knee for the Jets. Um, There's a lot of injuries this week. Yeah, Denzel good for the Raiders, suffered a torn NCL. He's their guard. Um, those are the ones I have. But um, first of all, Monday Night Football. I think – oh, my gosh, these hiccups. I tell you what, man. I think the greatest thing ESPN has ever done is manning Monday Night Football. That was – I don't know if you were able to see any of it. That was – for a game with the Ravens and the Raiders that I could care less about aside from having a little bit invested in it. The, 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 uh, that was the most fun broadcast of a game. I think I've ever seen the, and oh my gosh, it was like, so it's not your traditional broadcast. No one's, you know, sitting there going, okay, car takes a snap and he's dropping back and he's looking and he's got a man downfield and he's open and da, 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 da. they aren't calling the game, but they're watching the game and then talking about it. So, and they're bringing on guests. So like they brought on Charles Barkley, who I guess is a Raiders fan. Uh, they brought on Ray Lewis uh old great raven um they brought on travis kelsey and talked about you know the season and and then they brought on russell wilson um and russ stayed through the end of the game he came on the fourth quarter and stayed through overtime and everything and it was oh my gosh i can't even describe it's so much like peyton manning really took over and especially in the fourth quarter when they're, you know, all the craziness is happening. Manning's going, okay, in this situation, here's what we would do. Okay. The defense is given this look. So what he's going to want to do is do that. Like so much knowledge is like a fire hose coming out. Um, Eli also coming in with his reads. Um, Once Russ got there, you know, they'd give their reads and he goes, so Russ, what are you looking for in this situation? Or, uh, with this much time left, is it four down territory? Do you know that? Is this like, and then Russ is breaking it down. I mean, it was so much fun. It was so, it felt, it really, it was so engaging. It felt like you're sitting in your living room on the couch with Peyton and Eli and Russell Wilson, and you're watching the game. And I, 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 it's brilliant. And I could not believe how I, you know, I thought it would be good. I thought it would be good. I expected Peyton to do a good job. Um, I understand I have a bias, Peyton Manning, but I had no anticipation for how good it was. That was phenomenal. And I think that is just the general sense of all the reviews I've seen of it. Um, Oh my word. It was great. Um, so much better than stinking Steve Levy and Brian Greasy. Um, the, that should be every game in the entire NFL season. There should not ever be anyone else calling games. Um, (laughs) then, uh, but the game was crazy. The Ravens got out 14, nothing pretty quick. 
14-10 at half, 17-10 for a while. Um, in the fourth quarter, the Raiders bring it to 17s. Ravens go down, get a touchdown, it's 24-17. Raiders come back, get a touchdown, 24s. Um, R- Ravens go down, get a field goal, 27-24. The Ra- 37 seconds left, no timeouts. Somehow the Raiders gain like 50 yards on two plays, kick a field goal, they go to overtime. And then in overtime, the Raiders get down to the one-yard line and – they try a quarterback sneak, it doesn't get in. Then they did something that Eli couldn't get over, and that is they did a hard count on the half-yard line, which has no benefit. If the defense jumps, the ball stays where it is, and the only thing it can really do is cause your offense to jump and back you up five yards. Um, so that's what happened. They got a false start, and then the ball car threw the ball it went off a raven helmet into the air and into another raven's arms uh and it was a touchback and lamar fumbled for the second time so then the raiders got the ball back they run it they get nothing they bring the kicker out but instead of kicking a field goal apparently they didn't tell the kicker he was coming out and so they take a delay of game so then the kicker comes back out because they got backed up five yards and then car take a shot and it's wide open receiver and it's a touchdown they win uh, I believe the perfect analysis I saw was someone said that the end of that game was like watching two people who have never watched football play Matt. Um, <laughs> it was insane of a game. And I really, I think the Ravens had that one and I don't understand how they lost it. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they lost. I didn't watch the game, so I really didn't watch um, I think the Ravens are gonna have a str- they're gonna struggle this year. Um, I think losing that much so quick is gonna hurt them. Um, Lamar's gonna have to throw a lot more. And while I think he's a competent passer, I don't think he's like the passer that they need him to be this year. Mm-hmm. So I think they're gonna struggle. Um, in that aspect, um, for the Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to be the Raiders just like they were last year because I feel mm-hmm. like they didn't do anything to change their team. Um, and I'm trying to figure out the whole Darren Waller situation. So I know I just said that George Kittle was probably, you know, that Mark Andrews territory still now. I think I believe that Darren Waller is in that category as well but Darren Waller is the only person who gets, who gets thrown to on his team, it seems like. And that was the way George Kittle was when George Kittle became the crazy, oh my gosh, George Kittle's great, which I still think he's great. But <laughs> so, I all, so I'm trying to figure out my, to myself, is Darren Waller like a great tight end or is he just a tight end who gets a crap ton of targets and does good stuff with them? Is he what? Is he a great, like a very, 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 very good tight end, like top, obviously top of the league, or if he is like the Mark Andrews, George Kittle area, TJ Hawkinson, like that kind of, those kind of guys kind of like, obviously step below uh, Travis Kelsey, but like 
just a regular dude who just happens to get all kinds of targets and like does good with them. I would say nothing crazy, just does good. I think I think I'd put him in the top just because he does get all those targets, but every defense knows that. Like he's the one they key in on. This is true. (laughs) Like last night. They were playing man coverage, except they were doubled on Waller. It's fair. It still didn't work. It still didn't work. Although it worked enough to keep me from losing in fantasy. That's all that mattered to me. <laughs> I was sweating. I was at 40, and I still sweat. Sweat. Um, but, yeah. It on was my team, I think. Crazy, crazy game. Uh, and the Raiders signed HaHa Clinton Dix to their practice squad today. I saw that. HaHa. And I think that is it. Well, Lakers traded Mark Gasol a 2024 second and cash to the Grizzlies for the rights to Wang Zalen, Wang Zalen, something. Yeah, I'm Mark staying in, I think, Spain, wherever he's at right now. Well, yeah, but he got traded to the Grizzlies. That's all. I know, but I think the Grizzlies are just like buying him out or something like that. He's going to stay in Spain. Oh, okay. I think he's done. He's over. Yeah, I mean, the the Lakers brought in Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan, so you quickly run out of room for guys like Marc Gasol. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is all the news since we last talked. That's it. We have no email from Mike. Dang it, Mike. We miss you, buddy. He probably doesn't even listen anymore. Probably doesn't. I mean, that's that's the only thing I can assume. Ah, uh, yeah. So if you are listening, Mike, just know that you've really this is this is how we feel is that you've abandoned us. Pit stops are not fast. They're very slow. <laughs> um, but yeah, check out the link in the in the show notes. Takes you to all the social media and all that good stuff. Um. Write us, Mike. If you know Mike, tell him to write us. Um, and then you write us as well. And then you write us as well. If if Mike doesn't listen anymore, and this is just falling on no one's ears, um, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Um, so there's that. But this has been Sports Shenanigans with Mullet in Houston, and we will be back next. Oh, I didn't tell why. So I had two nights this week I can record. So I did run up the score last night. I'm doing sports shenanigans tonight, and I can't record again until Sunday, which we don't because that's when all the games are. It's Sunday. Um, uh, and I didn't, so I didn't say why. So – Wednesday, I have training at Banger's Life Fieldhouse. But then, Thursday, I am driving down to Nashville, and I am going to see the Jonas Brothers concert there Thursday night, and then I'm staying overnight, and then I'm going to see the Jonas Brothers concert on Friday night there, and then I'm heading back Saturday. Wow. And... Saw the Jonas Brothers concert last Thursday in Noblesville. <laughs> I wondered if you had. 
nuts. It's a good time, folks. Good time to be both. Well, that is it. And we will see you next week to recap week two here on Sports Shenanigans. And we are out.